0: Listening to the Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about the Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. When uh, the microphone fell down and they were over here trying to fix it. I just doesn't take the screw in a microphone thing, Uh, but I want to give a shout-out not only to the band, uh, but our sound guys and sound tech and all the guys back there. Uh, Also, the people who stand at the doors, who uh, take the offering up, who work at the welcome table, the coffee table. There's a lot that goes into a Sunday morning like this, uh, and things aren't always perfect, but you only see when the bad things happen, but what we don't see on a normal basis is all the good things that happen. And these guys and, gir- and ladies uh, make it work, and they do a good job of that. So I just want to give them a shout out. Uh, my name is Richard Cruz. I'm the high school pastor here at Southcrest. If I haven't got the opportunity to meet you, um, and I have the privilege and honor of preaching and bringing God's word to you uh, this morning. Uh, Brandon, who is our venue pastor who normally preaches, He's actually preaching over in the auditorium right now. Uh, Pastor David is preaching at a friend's church in Arkansas, uh, and it's, his friend is it's like his going away kind of retirement Sunday or whatever, so he's preaching to honor him. Uh, and so uh, Brandon is speaking over there right now. And um, just want to give you a few seconds. If you came to hear Brandon preach this morning, if you get up right now and head that way, you probably can make it before he's done with his introduction. So if you wanted to get up right now, I won't judge you, I promise. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out, though, uh, to Adam and Laura. I met them Friday night, and they told me, I told them I was preaching this morning in the venue, and they said, well, they're going to show up just in case no one else does, (laughs) and so they're here this morning. (laughs) But thank you all for being here. Uh, I got to, it's really cool because uh, if you've been coming, you know, Brandon and Pastor David have been preaching uh, this series, the Sermon on the Mount. They've been preaching the same message. And so this week I got to uh, collaborate with Brandon on this passage this morning. And what I mean by collaborate, and a lot of you college kids will really get this, uh, when you have like a group project that's due, and there's that one person who's just an awesome doer, if you will, uh, and they do pretty much the whole project, like 90% of it, and you just show up and uh, help present the project. You, you may be in charge of the title slide or something, and then you get 100, so it's awesome. So that's kind of what happened this week. Brandon uh, was, was gracious enough to, we sat down and looked at this passage, and uh, so really, the same points we're going to be looking at is the same points that he's preaching. So uh, if you want, well, you're here to hear the best version of this this morning. So I had to give Brandon some some trouble for that. But no, seriously, you can go listen to the podcast and hear Brandon. Go watch him online because uh, it's going I'm sure his will be really good. So, um, but I was speaking of not judging y'all this morning. That's actually our topic this morning is judging. And I think uh, in in the church today if I told you that word, I think it would have, and, and it carries a negative connotation to it. Wouldn't you agree? Especially to those outside these church walls. I mean, it doesn't take long to get on social media or um, watch the news and, and and see not only believers, but unbelievers who are very judgmental um, toward each other and divisive and, and, and other things like that. So I want to Dive in this morning to, uh, to scripture and see what Jesus has to say about it, uh, and mainly for believers. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you, there should be a Bible in the back of the chair if you don't have one. You go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at the first six verses. So verses 1 through 6, um, and then we're going to jump into God's words. Let me read it, and then we'll, we'll get started this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Verses 1 through 6, verse 1, Jesus says this. He says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? you hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Verse 6 says, Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I just want to pause and, and ask that your word would go forth this morning, God, that you would Uh, remove any sense of uh, my own words, God, that uh, I would speak clearly from your word and what you have to say this morning. I pray that your word lands on fertile soil and that as believers we would receive it and that we would apply it. I'm going to ask now that uh, for those sitting in the audience, if you would take a moment and just ask God to to reveal, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in you uh, maybe any kind of uh, judgmental spirit that you may have this morning, maybe that you have had, and ask him to to reveal that to you and then take some time to repent of that now. God, we want to just, uh, again, thank you for your word. I pray that it changes us this morning. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys, for praying with me. Uh, so before we dive into this text, uh, it, it sounds like if, if you just read it, it's a pretty harsh text. I mean, Jesus gets pretty real here. And um, so I think the most important thing to do, because, because this word judging does carry this negative connotation in our world today, I think the best thing to do is, look, let's look at some context, and let's see what Jesus really means for us as believers. All right? Um, if you've been following along, <clears throat> um, you know that, we're out in the middle of, uh, we're really, chapters 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is preaching here. And if you look at verse 1, this is probably one of the most uh, famous, if you will, but I would argue the most misused, maybe misapplied verses, uh, judge not that you be not judged. Most people would say, only God can judge me. And it's very popular, especially among unbelievers. But I thought about an illustration this morning, I was actually going to get Only God can judge me, like tattooed right here across my chest. But I was like, no, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, So it would actually be on my biceps. So I'm just kidding. Um, But I've often thought, maybe you're like me, I've often thought as believers, uh, what are we called to do and what are we instructed to do uh, when it comes to interacting with the world around us, and specifically when it comes to the topic of judging. So as I I mentioned again, uh, we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, And if you read through it, starting in in chapter 5, Jesus, he touches on all the areas of a believer's life. And it's a wonderful and marvelous summation of all the areas of truth that are related to living within the kingdom. And we see that Christ meets us at every point in that. If If you have a question about, hey, how shall I live my life for the kingdom? It's probably found in the Sermon on the Mount. And we can go there and we can learn from that. And the perspective that we see here. Um, if you think about the audience that Jesus is preaching to, a lot of them were were, were Pharisees and scribes. And so the, uh, the, the point here is given, the perspective is given in contrast um, to those of the scribes and the Pharisees. Because if you know anything about them, they were part of this religious system. Uh, and it was very judgmental. They judged you by how you looked on the outside. That was their goal, to, to look perfect on the outside. Many of you know if you read through the Gospels, Jesus calls them uh, whitewashed, they're like whitewashed tombs. On the outside, they look really beautiful and good, but on the inside, they're dead. And so they're very, they look down on people. They're very judgmental towards people when they don't look like them, or act like them, or talk like them. And, and that's kind of the system that they're a part of. I mean, they believed in this external morality, and Jesus, he brought an in internal morality. They acted out of their religious activities of giving and, pra- and praying and fasting, in a hypocritical, superficial way, and Jesus says it has to be from the heart. The Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon that has ever been preached by the greatest preacher that has ever lived, and we would be wise to listen to what Jesus has to say from it, and, and really a lot of his audience, he came and flipped their whole worldview upside down because um, he was showing him that Jesus doesn't judge the outside, he judges what's in the heart, and we know from from Scripture that everything of our life flows from the heart. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so if we don't really get a grip on on our heart and our intentions and motives, it's easy for us to become hypocritical and and judgmental. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So Jesus, he judges the intentions of the heart. So let's talk about a few things before we jump into it. So does Jesus really mean that we are never to be discerning? Or does he really mean that, um, sorry, um, that we aren't to evaluate someone's actions or judge someone's behavior? No, I don't think he means that. I mean, honestly, it, it, if you look at this passage in, in uh, Matthew chapter six, to chapter before this, Jesus repeatedly calls out the Pharisees and the scribes, he calls them hypocrites. And then in verse six, he calls He calls some people dogs and pigs. Don't don't nudge your husband here, okay? Um, And then later on in in chapter seven, he he calls out false teachers and he he describes them as these ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. And so that sounds very judgmental. And so I don't think Jesus is not calling us to have a discerning, righteous judgment spirit about us. What I think he's distinguishing here uh, is not, I think what Jesus is distinguishing here is not saying for believers that we shouldn't have a righteous and we shouldn't judge righteous acts of judgment but rather we shouldn't have an attitude of judgmentalism and I think there's a difference there I think this 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 attitude of judgmentalism is someone who's constantly going around look turning up their nose at people and judging people by the way they live their life when they can't even see the sin in their own life and that's what Jesus is deferring here for believers I mean, we are certainly called by God to call sin, sin, and I want to make that clear. We're going to, we want to stand as believers. We want to stand on the authority of God's word, scripture, and we're going to call sin, sin in a loving way. We're going to distinguish good from evil. We're going to call bad fruit, bad fruit, and good fruit, good fruit, right from wrong. That's what we're called as believers to do, but what we are not called to do as believers, and I'm preaching to myself, is to judge people's motives, or look down on people with a self-righteous, judgmental spirit. It, 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 if you look up this, this word judging, and, and it's talked about Paul. He talks about this in 1 Corinthians 5.12. And he says, and this, I'm going to give you a little side note here, that jud, judgment with believers is for other believers. And he says it's, it's not for those outside the church, because God will judge them, Right? And so we don't have to cast any judgment, but this judging that he's talking about is, is really a call to believers. And so that's what I want to distinguish here this morning. This is for us as believers to have accountability with one another, to uh, have community and to not call somebody out, but say, hey, let me help you as you help me. That's, that's really what we're talking about here this morning. And I want to make that very clear. We don't need to judge people outside these church walls because God is going to judge them. Okay? Everyone, everyone kind of get that? I think that's very important to make. Um, So, um, let me move on. So, the the, the title of this this sermon this morning that we came up with is called Don't Be Crazy. (laughs) And I, I, I think once you really understand what Jesus is talking about here, I think you'll get that because I really believe, especially those outside the church, it makes us as believers look crazy when we cast judgment upon people. It really does. And honestly, as a student pastor, I wish I could be the title to most of my sermons, Don't Be Crazy. <laughs> that would work out in a lot of my sermons. But uh, I think that's good for us to think about. Don't be crazy, all right? So let's dive into it this morning. The first thing I want us to see in verses one and two, uh, the first thing I want you to write down, it says, it's crazy to be judgmental because you will be judged by the judge. It's crazy to be judgmental because you will be judged by the judge. And by the judge, I don't mean Clint Eastwood and his gun, or Judge Judy, I mean the God of the universe who's going to judge everyone one day. One day, we will all stand before the judge, and we're going to give an account for every word and every deed and what we did with the gospel here in this life. And thankfully for believers, amen, thankfully our failures and our shortcomings will not be held against us because we will stand before the God clothed in the righteousness of Jesus and covered by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. And that shed blood, it covers every sin and shortcoming on our behalf. And so we, we won't be judged according to how we should be judged. If We're going to read verse one again. Let me, let me read this, verse one and two. It says, Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you." it. Jesus is literally saying here, judge how you want to be judged. So I'm gonna ask a, a rhetorical question, how would you like to be judged? I'm thinking about this myself and I'm, I'm thinking through this. I think I would like to be given the benefit of the doubt, right, in most cases. That someone will not just jump to conclusions whenever I mess up or f- fail at something. I think I would like for someone to get to know me, to get to know my story maybe to, to see what's going on in my life, to see what's going on behind the scenes, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be how y'all want to be judged? I think if we had that mindset, uh, I think the church would be a lot better off for it. I think we'd have a lot more community. I think we would be a, a beautiful picture of the bride of Christ, the church. So I want you to think about that. How, how, do I, how would I like to be judged by somebody? And that should, should kind of cultivate in our heart a little bit. I really believe believers should be the least judgmental people on the planet. Because we, we aren't judged according to what we have done, so why would we judge someone else or turn up our nose at somebody else because they are sinning differently than we do? So, that's number one. It's crazy to be judgmental because you will be judged by the judgment. Number two, I want us to see it's crazy to be judgmental because in looking at their sin, you look over Your sin. Looking at their sin, you look over your sin. Let me read verses three and four. It's about to get real, y'all. Y'all ready for this? This is from Jesus. This ain't me, okay? Don't throw anything at me. It says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in, (coughs) in your own eye? Ouch. <laughs> By the way, log here is like a tree. These trees are these things that are like planted in the ground and they grow up. And I'm just kidding. That's a loving joke. I feel like I'm, I can make that now because I'm an honorary Texan. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so, man, that, I hope you wore some steel toe boots today because, I mean, Jesus is stepping on some toes this morning, including my own. How often are we guilty of this, y'all? Do we see the speck that is in someone else's eye when we forget about our own sin and what we're dealing with because it looks different than ours or because we think it's worse than ours? It reminds me of a time growing up. I have an older brother who's a, he's a year and six months older than I am. So we were really close growing up and we loved each other so much that we fought all the time, okay? And one night is a summer night in Florida we're out by this nice campfire underneath the stars. It's just a beautiful night, uh, and we're roasting marshmallows. We're making some s'mores, you know. <clears throat> and as we're roasting marshmallows, I, I, I get kind of bored. I'm in like fourth or fifth grade, by the way. And I get bored, and so I do what any loving brother would do. I start picking and messing with my brother. And my brother is kind of a pyrotechnic, so he, his marshmallow is like literally on fire because he's just, I don't know what he's doing. He likes to watch the world burn, I guess. But he's roasting this marshmallow, and I begin just hitting his stick, just messing with him, just, you know, just the love on him. And as I'm doing that, I'm hitting his stick, and his marshmallow is getting more and more on fire. He takes said stick in his hand, and he goes to mess with me to, like, just, you know, act like he's going to hit me with it. He wasn't planning on it, but what he didn't plan on was the trajectory and the launch angle in which he launched the stick, said marshmallow that was on fire flew off of the stick, okay? And by this time, it's pretty much molten lava, and it's this sticky, molten fireball, and guess what happens to it? It flies right to my eye, okay? And I remember in that moment, <clears throat> I always remember what we were taught in school. When you're on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. So. <laughs> That's what I did. My eye was on fire, so I stopped, dropping, and rolled, which didn't help much. Um, (laughs) Not for my eye, anyways. And my eye was, like, I don't even know what degree burned, but it was burned pretty well. Uh, It, like, sinned some of my eyebrow, my eyelashes. My my eye was sinned shut. It was burned shut. And, of course, my brother was like, it's your fault, you shouldn't have been hitting my stick. You know, I'm like, what? You literally, like... He's, you know, he's picking on me like, you're going to be blind the rest of your life in that eye. You know, I'm like, I'm crying out, Lord, this is the thorn in, in my flesh that you've sent this judgmental spirit, and it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. My life is ruined. Uh, that's, that was my mindset. Um, but the story doesn't end there, honestly. Thankfully, we serve a God who is, says vengeance is mine, okay? And... Uh, that same week, we're, we're out, you know, doing what boys do. We're out in the woods building tree houses and stuff. My brother is severely allergic to poison ivy. I mean, if he's in the woods and the wind blows through poison ivy, he's going to get it, right? And so, of course, the Lord is gracious and good and merciful and kind. <laughs> and I'm over here thinking about the rest of my life. And my brother gets poison ivy. Uh, and when he gets it, I mean, he has to get like steroid shots and all kind of stuff. Well, his eye swells shut, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about, it looks like, uh, he, he, like he's in Iraqi, okay? Seriously. I, I remember going, uh, going home, my mom was like, what in the world have y'all gotten into? And we had to go to daycare, I remember, and she like, had to take pictures of us and like, explain it so they wouldn't call CPS and stuff like that. I was like, what are we gonna say, mom? like, we didn't get leftovers, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it made me think, My brother was like, this is your fault. Look at you. You've done this. This And then the Lord was saying, dude, look at your own eye. It's swollen shut, dude, right? But that's kind of what we do. We look at someone else's speck that's in their eye, something that's seemingly small, and the Lord does this on purpose, because when we cast judgment on them, it makes our sin even that much more bigger. And we can't see out of our own eye to clearly see the speck in our own brother's eye or sister's. So as I mentioned, this is for believers. So it's not wrong to lovingly help our brother or sister remove a harmful speck from their eye. We should want to do that. But it is wrong to self-righteously point out a speck in our brother's eye when we ignore the ridiculous redwood log protruding from our face. We are quick to take the tweezers to someone else's eye when we need a forklift for our own eye. And I'm bad about that. I'm, I'm just honest. I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. And I think if you read these verses, it, it's, it's serious. And it's meant to be serious because Jesus is really intending and instructing us to give a serious pause and examine ourselves before saying anything. To, to really pause and, and allow the Holy Spirit, hey, before I go call my brother out, what, what's, what, what kind of sin is in my own camp here? What, what am I dealing with? What is glaring in my life? Man, we're called to, to pause and, and, and be slow to speak and, and quick to listen, to, to ask questions, to help. But a lot of times we do that the opposite way. We see their sin worse than our sin because it looks different. And we say, well, I would never do what they're doing while we're over here sinning our own selves. And that's what Jesus calls us to, to, pause and to not judge ours as indulgently and their severely or see their sin worse than ours. So we should be quick to think about the own log in our own eye before we call out the speck in our brother's eye. So number three, it's crazy to be judgmental because it causes you to hurt rather than help. It causes you to hurt rather than help. Let me read verses five and then we'll read verse six. It says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Have you ever met someone that's always just hypercritical about everything? I mean, everything. I was talking with Brendan about this, and he said something that was wise beyond his years, which he does all the time, and uh, which, by the way, y'all, I don't know if you know this. Uh, I'm gonna side note here. I'm gonna trace a little rabbit trail. Uh, I don't know if you realize how blessed we are to be able to sit under teaching from Pastor David Wilson and Brandon Hayes every week I mean don't take that for granted I, I, I've worked in other churches and other states and, and, and have relatives who, who work in the church and it's rare what we have here and, and, and the Lord has really blessed us to have two men who can clearly uh, preach God's word in such a way that it's easy to apply and receive so just wanted to throw that out I feel like last time I bashed Brandon calling him a serial killer with his baby bat story and all that I'm not going to bring that back up, but I want to th- I want to leap some praise on him and Pastor David. It is rare. So, but Brandon said this when we we're talking about this. He says this. He said <clears throat> when you become hypercritical, it's easy to become hypocritical. So when you're always someone who is always hypercritical about everything, it's easy for us then to not see the log in our own own eye and become hypocritical. And no one wants to be around someone who is hypercritical and hypocritical. Nobody, not even your family. (laughs) But it's easy for us. I mean, how can we expect to help someone when we can't fully see the log that is in our own eye? I mean, we, we can't expect to help them. So when we are always hypocritical while being hypocritical, it hurts ourselves and others around us. It tears down rather than builds up. So don't be that person that is always hypercritical and hypocritical no one wants to be around that person in the church and no one's gonna respect what you say and no one's gonna take what you say seriously if you're not living a life that backs up what you're saying. The goal in this, as I mentioned for believers, is is to reach out and help a brother or sister. The goal is always restoration and reconciliation. Not to tear down, but to build up. It reminds me of this illustration I heard a while back. Um, if, you, if you see someone and they're, let's say they're living this sinful lifestyle, they're, they're, they're saying they're a believer. They're, they, they've proclaimed that. They've, they've shown fruit. Um, and this is the beauty of the church. We get to go help that person, right? And it's a privilege to help that person. And, but they're down in this ditch, and they're living a sinful lifestyle over and over again. The two ways not to help them Okay? The first way not to help is to not jump down there with them in that ditch. <clears throat> to help them get out of the ditch. It's not to jump down in the ditch with them and just say, oh, it's okay. Just live however you want to live. The Lord loves you. There's forgiveness. There's grace, which there is. But remember, the goal is restoration. So the, the way not to help them is not to jump down in the ditch with them, because then you're both down there. And a lot of churches do that. The other way not to help them, and I feel like the American church does this a lot, it's not stand on top of that ditch and look down with your arms crossed and say sucks to be you man look at the mess you've got yourself in I'm glad I'm not like that I'm glad I'm not down in that ditch and I think far too often we do that the best way to help somebody who's down in a ditch is to stand there reach out your hand and help them up and say it's better up here I've been there I know what it's like to be there, and trust me, it is better up here. You're hurting yourself down there. And we get to help, we get to restore, we get to love and help people. You see, it's easy for us to get on social media behind a keyboard and judge somebody because they don't think like us, they don't believe like us, they don't act like us, they have differing opinions from us. Or it's easy to Uh, talk to a friend about another person and and, and cast judgment upon them. That's easy to do, but it's hard to go up to that person because it takes work to say, hey, I I don't have my life together. Will Will you help me in this as I help you in this? That's hard. That's hard work. And we need to do a better job as a church, as a community of doing that inside these walls. Not only does it hurt those inside the church and ourselves, but I believe it also hurts those outside the church. Let me read verse six, and we're gonna wrap up right here after I give you a few application points. Verse six says, do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. And he's referring to uh, the, those people who, <clears throat> really you're wasting your time throwing judgment upon them because they're not believers. They're, they're not gonna receive the word like you received the word. And you're, you're kind of wasting your time and I I really believe this refers to those outside these church walls, the unbelievers. But listen, y'all. Unbelievers. They don't need your judgment. They need your evangelism. They, They don't need us to cast and tell them their sin. They need the gospel. Listen, the gospel is already offensive enough. It doesn't need your help. It doesn't. Think about this. When you stand before someone and you lovingly share the gospel with someone, you are telling them that they are a sinner who will be judged one day by the judge and they need a savior. And if they don't come to the end of themselves and repent and believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that they're gonna be standing before a judge one day and they're gonna be cast into a place separated from God for eternity. That is offensive. So what these people outside these church walls, they don't need us as these righteous people looking at them and saying, look at your life. Y'all, we can't expect someone who has never received the gift of the Holy Spirit to live a life that reflects the Holy Spirit. And I want to make that clear. (laughs) We can't expect people who have never tasted and seen the goodness and forgiveness of Jesus to live like that, like we have. We can't expect that. So they don't need our judgment. They need... gospel. They need our evangelism. They need us to love them and meet them where they're at. And I think I have a unique perspective on this because many of y'all know my story. I didn't grow up in the church. I mean, I grew up in the Bible belt, if you will, morality kind of thing. But I didn't start attending church until a junior in high school. And so the only view I had of church was this this place where these people went who were very judgmental, who were very like, you got to do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that. And I didn't want any part of that honestly because a lot of them were very hypocritical because they were doing the same things I was doing except they were in church on Sunday and it hurt the gospel in my life and it wasn't until someone didn't turn their nose up at me or jump down with me but they reached out and said hey let me help you and they actually loved me where I was at they met me where I was at I always viewed the church as this very judgmental place I like what D.L. Moody says about this he says out of a hundred men One will read the Bible, the other 99 will read the Christian. Think about that. Does your life reflect the love and forgiveness and the non-judgmental spirit of Jesus to those outside these walls and to those inside these walls? If we're going to be people who are called by God to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, we got to get rid of this judgmental spirit. And and again, I'm not telling you don't, Don't call sin, sin, but do it in a loving way. Share the gospel before you share how (laughs) you want their life to be changed because we don't change their life. We know the word of God changes their lives, amen? I mean, Hebrews 4.12 says that God's word is living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces the division of the soul and it knows the intentions of the heart. So God's word does the work. It changes people's lives. It casts judgment enough already, it convicts. So all we do is we're just ambassadors and we share the gospel and proclaim it in a loving way, okay? So three quick things. So how can we apply these truths that we just learned? How can we apply what Jesus is teaching us here as believers? Three quick things, I'm gonna wrap it up, I promise. So first thing is you must remember whose you are. You must remember whose you are. We serve the judge of the universe. He doesn't need our help. I I think he has things under control. (laughs) He doesn't need us to say, God, have you seen this person's life? Have you seen what they're doing? He knows a lot better than we know. Matter of fact, he knows their motives, he knows their intentions, he, he sees their heart. He sees things that we don't even that we don't see. So remember whose we are. He doesn't need our help. Number two, you must remember the gospel. So remember whose you are, and you must remember the gospel. The gospel should affect every decision and every ounce of our Christian walk in life. The gospel should be on, uh, whenever we're thinking about doing something, how does, this ref- how does the gospel impact this? When we're thinking about saying something, uh, <coughs> excuse me, how does the gospel impact that? Think, I mean, think about this. When we remember the gospel and what Jesus has done for us, how can we have any kind of a judgmental spirit? As I mentioned earlier, we've been reconciled with the Father, we've been redeemed by the Son, and we're being counted as righteous and sealed by the Spirit. So how can we, as people who deserve hell and separation from God for eternity, cast any kind of judgment on anybody when we've been the most forgiven people? Think about Romans 5.8. It says, God demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while God knew that we were going to sin against him and he could judge us and be perfectly righteous in his judgment, he didn't stop there, but he came and lived a sinless life, and lived a life that we could never live. He died a death that we could never die. He paid a debt that we could never pay. And we are the most forgiven and free people on the planet. And we get to tell people that story. All right, number three, real quick, last one, is you must remember your calling. We are called to love and to serve those inside and outside the church. We're called to hold our brothers and our sisters with accountability while we receive accountability. And we're to love and evangelize those outside the church. That's what we're called to do. We're ambassadors on behalf of God. We don't judge people, we just tell people about the judge. That's what we do. And we get to tell them how they can be reconciled to the Father through the forgiveness of Jesus and what he did for us. I'm asked to go ahead and come up as I'm closing here. I want to give us a moment as we're hearing about these truths <clears throat> and applying these truths. I want you to think about uh, where you're at today. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you're hearing from Jesus' words and the greatest sermon ever preached. And you're thinking, man, I've really messed that up. I've been living a, with a judgmental attitude, an attitude of judgmentalism. I've been, that, that's me. Can I tell you today that, man, there's forgiveness and there's grace and there's restoration in Jesus and the Holy Spirit helps us in that. It helps us when we should be slow to, to speak and quick to listen. It helps us do that. That, that, that. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to apply these truths to our lives. So for the believers, man, what an awesome time we have right now as we're about to sing a song is to reflect the love of Jesus and say, God, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I repent of that. God, help me be someone who loves my brothers and sisters, who, who doesn't see the speck in their eye first, but sees the log in my own eye, and help me to those outside this, these church walls, to the unbelievers. Help me just give them the, the love and, 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 and truth of the gospel. I don't want to be judgmental. Of, 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 I, I don't expect them to live the life of a believer. So I'm going to just give them the gospel, and I'm going to love them. I'm going to meet them where they're at, and I'm gonna help them. Now for the unbelievers in here, maybe you're here this morning, and you're like I was. I grew up, um, as Ephesians two tells, I was dead in my sin. I was following the prince of the power of the air. I was following Satan, literally. And living a life of my own, and I saw the church as this judgmental place full of judgmental people. And I didn't really understand the fullness of the gospel. I had a warped view of the gospel. And I can tell you this, something this morning. Just like I learned as a senior in high school that God loves you. I and mean, we just read Romans 5.8. Matter of fact, he loves you in your sin. If there's nothing that you've done that you're too far away from God. And he demonstrates, he's demonstrated how much he loves you by sending Jesus to come die a death on a cross. And the most loving thing I can do to tell you this morning is that you, you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. <laughs> Matter of fact, Romans 3.23 uh, says, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. So God's standard perfection, we have all fallen short of that. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of your sin, for the payment of your sin is death. But Paul goes on to say, but, this is the good part, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus and I'm here to tell you this morning that God loves you with a relentless love and he's here this morning to forgive you of any sin and every sin to meet you where you're at and I cast no judgment upon you because I was right there one time and I want you to taste and see the Jesus that I know the forgiveness that I've tasted and seen and I don't know where you're at spiritually but I would love for you as, as we're singing this song about how death was arrested, that Jesus arrested death once and for all, who conquered sin and shame and guilt forever on the cross. We get to sing about that this morning. If that's you here this morning, and you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, or maybe you've had this warped view of the gospel like I had for so many years, I would, I'm going to be standing right here in the back. We're going to have uh, Pastor Jack's going to be back there as well. Uh, if, you, if you would love to or if you want to talk with someone about that decision, I would love to talk with you and walk you through the gospel, walk you through what Jesus says, how you can become a child of God t- today. So for the believers, let's stand and respond, how God's respond. responded. For those here that want to pray with somebody, uh, I would love to talk with you back there. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of The Venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to The Venue Podcast.